Bandwidth for Priority One Podcast is brought to you by Playa Escondida. Ever dreamed of visiting Planet Risa? Well, Playa Escondida is the ultimate beach resort excursion. Visit PlayaEscondida.com to book your ultimate vacation getaway. Command codes verified. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secure channel. Hello, Captains. You're listening to episode 162 of Priority One Podcast, the premier Star Trek online podcast, recorded Thursday, February 20th, 2014, live on trekradio.net and available for download or streaming on Monday mornings at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Or you can subscribe to feeds.PriorityOnePodcast.com. I'm Elijah. I'm Tony. And in the recording booth is our audio engineer, Skiffy. This week, we're also joined by community guest host, Cookie Cupcakes. Cookie, thank you for joining us tonight. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? What got you into Trek, for instance, and Star Trek Online? Well, I grew up watching it, of course. And although I didn't, I don't think I absorbed a lot of the details when I was little, I remembered the adventure, which motivated me to rewatch it all again later in life. I've watched and enjoyed all the different TV series, but The Next Generation is my favorite, and it's actually been a means of stress relief during those times in life when I just needed to relax and escape. I literally tell people to watch it if they're stressed out, whether they're Trek fans or not, because it's helped me so much. So yeah, I have a deep appreciation for Star Trek, and I love the ideals and the writing and the stories and the exploration. I never really get tired of it. and. As far as the next generation goes, I like everybody in the cast, and that's kind of rare for me. So it's just an all-around pleasant experience to watch Star Trek. What other sci-fi are you into? I like Battlestar Galactica, Firefly, Serenity. I love that. Um, I don't know if you consider Doctor Who sci-fi, but I kind of that counts. Yeah. Right now, this is not sci-fi, but Sherlock is my favorite show right now on TV. I just love it. Well, thank you for joining us this week. We're really looking forward to having you on this episode. Why don't you go ahead and tell us what we have in store this week? This week, we trek out an international Star Trek fan organization free for anyone to join. Then we trek out the latest STO News and Review Season 8 dev blogs, number 51 through 53, including a discussion on the latest Dyson Destroyers to hit the sea store. Later, Chivalry Bean returns with a Foundry Officer's Report and reviews Collectiveness Strikes Gold by Stout. And of course, as always, we'll open up hailing frequencies and see what's incoming from you, our listeners. Captains, we want to thank you for your ongoing support of Priority One Podcast. You can continue to support Priority One with real-world donations by helping us reach our monthly financial goals. We've got some new mobile equipment we'd like to purchase to help improve the audio quality of our on-site recordings at conventions like the Cherry Hill Convention in New Jersey or Star Trek Las Vegas or other events. But as you've heard us say before, we're all volunteers donating our time, our weekends, our weeknights, our vacation time, and just 
just about every other thing we can donate, uh, and we could use your help to get that equipment. A very special thanks to everyone who has already contributed and continues to do so on a recurring basis. Without your ongoing support, Captains, we would not be able to bring you the content that you've grown to enjoy from us here at Priority One Podcast. Captains, don't forget that PriorityOnePodcast.com offers more than just podcasts. This week, we're proud to welcome Varzek of the Trust Fleet as he presents to you his column titled, Role Players Guide to the Galaxy. In this first entry, Varzek introduces us to the world of role-playing in an MMO, which we'll actually talk more about later in STO News. We also have the latest Utopia Planitia article from Priority One's Fleet Admiral, Robert Williams. In it, he helps you fill in the ranks of your fleet with recruitment methods and other helpful tips. Check out these blogs and more only on PriorityOnePodcast.com. Well, Captains, let's get ready to trek it out. I don't know. Then let's trek it out. So this week on Trek It Out, we're going to do something a little different. We're going to highlight a Star Trek fan club that is very near and dear to my heart. Because I'm in it. Fleet 31. The name was inspired by the mysterious Section 31 referred to in several Star Trek episodes and more recently in Star Trek Into Darkness. But don't be fooled by the name. There isn't much else that the two have in common. Fleet 31 is an international Star Trek fan organization that puts priority on having fun and helping people. Its motto is Corclavis Victoriae, which is Latin for heart is the key to victory. This reflects their humanitarian goals and motivates its members to persevere even when life seems impossible to manage. It's really like a big family of supportive Star Trek fans. And not only do they regularly raise money to donate to charities, but they will make public appearances upon request and they don't charge for it. And this is why this is one of my favorite groups. It's completely free. There's no membership fee. You're not required to purchase anything to wear or to have in order to be in the group. They will never ask you for money, ever. Even with that in mind, I was actually hesitant to join a Star Trek group at first. Here's the thing, I hate feeling obligated to do things that I don't want to do, like required meetings or just participation in general, because I didn't know these people, I don't know who they were, plus I don't know if I want to commit to anything. But this group turned out to be a perfect fit for me because There is no obligation to do anything. You can join and do absolutely nothing, or just interact and have fun online, or you can take a more active role. There are no required meetings or events. If you do decide to participate in a group function, uniforms are optional and are never required. Although, it does make it fun when you wear a uniform. We recently played laser tag together as a team building exercise And it really adds a level of awesomeness when you have a group of Starfleet officers in uniforms shooting lasers at people. Speaking of uniforms, Fleet 31 has their own uniform design. The uniform variant referred to as Monster Greys were designed by the founder of Fleet 31, Admiral Cameron Wilkinson. The body style is based on the uniforms worn in the Wrath of Khan, if you can picture that and the color scheme is based on the uniforms from First Contact. 
and when combined with division colors, it has a unique and dignified look. There's even a Fleet 31 seamstress on hand that you can order a tailor-made uniform from, like the design and general instructions are all on the website for anyone to use. And again, this uniform is not required. So this is how the fleet is basically organized. It's divided by major city, and each of the participating areas or chapters have their own ship, captain, senior staff, and crew, just like any ship in Starfleet. The fleet is continuously growing and there's always room for new recruits. And of course, all this info, including how to join, is on their website, fleet31.com. So how did you get involved with Fleet 31? Where did you find them? Okay, so I was at a convention, you know, like Comic-Con or whatever, and the Admiral, Cameron Wilkinson, approached me because I was wearing my Starfleet uniform, which I was portraying Beverly Crusher, who's one of my favorite people to cosplay. And he just approached me and kind of asked me about what I like to do and how I got interested in Star Trek and just told me about it. And I sat on that card, not literally, but he gave me a card and I did not do anything with it for like a year. And then I finally looked it up and kind of joined the Facebook group but didn't say anything or do anything, which is fine because you don't have to. And then like earlier, like, maybe like six months ago, I actually started chatting and participating in the stuff that was going on in the Facebook group. And they do, like, role-playing a little bit. Like, right now, I'm the chief medical officer of the ship, our local ship, and so people come to me with, like, fake injuries, and I look up online to see, you know, make sure I use the right jargon and heal them and use the hypo spray and whatever. So you check your jargon out first. That's yes, good. I had you to always make want to make sure, sure you got the jargon. You, the Trekno babble has to be good. You gotta yeah, be you got to know. Someone's going to see that it's not right if it's not right because that's how Trek fans are. And you don't want some engineer <laughs> telling you how to no, run your sick bed. No, of course not. I want to know what I'm talking about. Okay. You see, I had, I've tried to um, get involved with some of these groups. I remember several years ago when I first started to uh, embrace my trekkiness uh, I looked up and actually joined Starfleet International that one does have membership so you have to pay I think it's like 20 bucks a year or something like that but you get a card and you get a few of these things there was a local chapter I never went to a meeting I never did any of that stuff um, I think I might I think I might want to try to find a local group again and, and get involved um, yeah there is a ship in your area in this fleet mm-hmm. oh there is www.fleet31.com Links, of course, will be in the show notes, Captain. So if you've been lonely in your Trek excitement and and watching Star Trek all by your lonesome and none of your friends are Trekkies, then maybe this is the time to look up Fleet31.com or Starfleet International or any other local chapter of a Starfleet fan club that uh, may be in your area. Yeah, and any money that they do make, they give to charity, so they're not greedy. This is not a greedy fleet. Well, Captains, discover something that you think the rest of our listeners would enjoy hearing about? Well, send it over to us via email to incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Let's check out what happened in Star Trek Online News. Computer status report. Status. Incoming message. I'm only in the mood for good news today. 
All right, Captains, let's get right on it this week and discuss the new Dyson Science Destroyers, available for purchase in the Sea Store. In Season 8, DevBlogs number 50 through 52, STO's system designer Phil Gorn-Gonzola-Zaleski offers up the details about one of the most talked about ships to hit STO in a long time. Let's run down the basics for what's been made available to captains as of February 20th. Each faction will receive three ships, one for each class of character, for a total of nine available ships. Each class of ship comes with its own unique universal console item and an additional console slot for its respective class. These consoles combined with the Dyson deflector that come free with the anniversary ship are part of a four-piece set. Independently, each ship can be purchased for 2,500 zen, the three-pack bundle for 5,000 zen, or all nine ships for 10,000 zen. Warning! Purchasing any of the nine ships individually or any of the three-pack bundles will make the account ineligible to purchase the nine-pack bundle. Also, Purchasing one of the factional ships individually will make the account ineligible to purchase that faction's three-pack bundle. The difference between the free Dyson Destroyer and the new Sea Store variants is increased to hull strength, an upgrade commander science station, and one lieutenant universal, ten console slots. All right, so let's talk a little bit about these unique console items and the console modifications for these C-Store variants. So each faction, like Cookie said earlier, has three unique variants, a tactical variant, an engineering, and a science variant. Those of you that decide to fly the tactical Dyson Destroyer, whether it be Klingon, Federation, or Romulan, will receive four tactical slots, two engineering slots, and four science slots. The tactical ship also comes equipped with the Proton Destabilizer Module, a universal console that draws power from your warp core to emit a devastating proton beam from your deflector focused on a nearby enemy. The Engineering Dicer Destroyer has three tactical, three engineering, and four science, and comes equipped with the Protonic Shield Matrix, a universal console that stores and then diverts tremendous amounts of proton particles to periodically reinforce your shields for a while. This will cause your starship to negate large amounts of damage every few seconds for a short time. And lastly, the Science Dyson Destroyer comes equipped with three tactical slots, two engineering console slots, and five science console slots. It also comes equipped with the Shield Inversion Projector, a universal console that emits a devastating tachyon beam blast from your deflector, which can cause your foes' shields to briefly collapse in a wave of energy. And just to recap, when you earn yourself the free Dyson Destroyer from the anniversary event, you'll earn the deteriorating secondary deflector, which causes some science bridge officer powers to drain a small amount of shield strength from their targets and use it to replenish the Dyson Science Destroyer's shields. This effect is always applied to powers like Tachyon Beam, Charged Particle Burst, Energy Siphon, Titan's Rift, and Viral Matrix. And with 
every extra little bit of equipment you add on, you get set bonuses. Let's start with the deteriorating secondary deflector as a baseline here, and then let's throw in any of those extra consoles. You'll get a two-piece bonus, which is the Solene Energy Lattice. You'll get a little extra proton damage, plus some additional max hit points on your shields. You want to throw on another console? Well, okay, you get a three-piece bonus. That'll be the Proton Energy Matrix that reduces the cooldown on the Dyson Science Destroyer console powers by one minute. So all those console powers will now fire every two minutes. I'm going to hold my tongue, I'm going to hold my tongue, I'm going to hold my tongue. Then finally, if you add in that third console, you get uh, the Solene Synergy four-piece bonus, which upgrades all three Dyson Science Destroyer console powers. The destabilized proton beam will deal damage over time much more quickly. The protonic shielding, activating this ability, also heals the shields of allies within 5 kilometers. And the shield inversion, allies affected also receive shield hardness buff and shield heal over time. So those uh, console powers not only will fire more quickly, but they'll also be more powerful. Both the free variants and the sea store variants come equipped with the Solene dual heavy proton cannons, which are a single accuracy bonus and a uh, double critical hit bonus. Uh, but of course, those are only active when you have the uh, tactical mode engaged. Each ship also comes equipped with a new Dyson Science Destroyer bridge, which will also grant access to your account shared bank the ability to move into a small craft and contact different ship departments for duty officer assignments. So, what are your thoughts about this new ship? Okay, so now I understand better what those console abilities are. I think the Protonic Shield Matrix was the one that I kept using when I was playing, replaying the mission over and over. As for the set bonus, the Energy Matrix, I mean, even the Synergy is still, I, I don't know, a little underwhelming to me. I was talking to Jace at work, for instance, and he was mentioning how a lot of the, the community feedback, particularly from uh, STO subreddit, is that, you know, it's it's nice that we're getting these plus proton damages enhancements and, and, and modifiers, but there isn't a solid independent proton weapon that is available to players, right? Except for this cannon. But everything else, if you go to Stowiki, for instance, is a hybrid. There's a protonic Polaron that you can load up but nothing that's dedicated just to protonic damage. Yeah, I think the design of this is sort of, you know, the, the protonic Polaron weapons drop as you tear up through the Dyson um, reputation system. So, you know, uh, play that content over and over again, get the Mark 12 purple protonic Polarons or whatever, and then find some proton consoles and polaron consoles and, and, and run your builds that way i think that's kind of the idea i'm gonna bite my tongue until you know me and skiffy go mano a mano uh, a few rounds um with these uh reduced cooldowns you know one firing off every two minutes i don't know i again i i i overreacted on the last thing so i'm gonna hold my tongue on this one if he if he comes out and wipes the floor with me with his new hotness here then i'm gonna you know i'm gonna rampage a little bit next week why not upgrade the Solene dual heavy proton cannons? Why not throw in an accuracy times two modifier? You're buying this ship. I understand that you're getting the consoles, but I don't know, maybe... It, especially that this is a cannon that you cannot remove from the ship. You cannot remove it. You cannot swap it. You cannot change it. You're stuck with this cannon. They do boost your proton damage. It's one of the uh, passive set bonuses. They may boost your proton damage, but why not just sweeten the deal a little bit and add another accuracy modifier? It's not supposed to be a DPS king. That's, that's not what it's there for. If you want to be a DPS king, go fly an escort. This is supposed to be a gizmo ship. It's supposed to be a variety of powers, um, different emergent gameplay, 
people doing different stuff with it, Skiffy ramming me against the wall in the PvP uh, environment and, you know, and blowing me out of the sky. That's that's what it's for. They're not done yet. There's a very good possibility no. they'll come out with raw proton weapons, you know, before the end of the year. Uh, there's season... Nine coming around the corner very, very close to now, and uh, we still have that Voth zone in the Dyson Sphere that hasn't been released that they said was mostly done. I have a feeling they're still going to release that, and they're probably going to want to attach some rewards to it. Captains, here's our first community question of the week. What are your thoughts on the new Dyson Science Destroyers? Will you be spending your zen on these new ships? Let us know your ideas in the comment section for this episode on PriorityOnePodcast.com or in the Star Trek Online forum post for this episode. Alright, Captains, in Season 8, Death Blog number 53, Star Trek Online's lead content designer, Charles Gray, announces the next and final special featured project for this fleet spire titled Stargazing. Completing this project will grant access to the Spire Interior's Orrery. This special feature can be activated by interacting with a console in the central area of the Spire's interior. This special project is available now, as of Thursday, February 20th, until around when server maintenance starts on March 6th, 2014, or 7am Pacific Standard Time, whichever is earlier. Well, let's move on to something we do want to talk a whole lot about. The moment has arrived, kids. That old clunky Star Trek Online website is no more! And... Now we have the ARC website, the portal to Star Trek Online that will unify your game experience and bring it together for good. Why, oh why, did I have to click like four times just to get to Stow News? This thing is not for you. It's not for you, Elijah. I'm aware of that, but what about, what about... When I have to do this podcast, okay, and I have to go in and get Stone News, okay, I have to. When I go you're going to make those beta, extra clicks. I'm I guessing click, you're going to make the extra right, clicks. I click learn more about Star Trek Online Legacy of Romulus, and the first thing I see is Legacy of Romulus, uh, Legacy of Romulus Legacy Pack for 160 bucks. Nothing about the latest Stone News. Nothing. No new blogs. No new nothing. Right. Then I have to go into. Then I have to find an itty bitty small blueprint. Right above, play for free, on the right-hand side, I have to click news, and then, only then, do I finally get the list of blogs, and then the forum, and guides, and media, and wiki, right? Which was the homepage of Star Trek Online. I have bookmarked this community.arcgames.com I have saved, so that I can just jump right to that. So, problem solved. Rant over, right? Good. Can I ask you this, Elijah? Is it much easier to get to from the Arc client? I don't know, because I don't use the ARC client. Well, see, that's the thing. is I, I think the ARC Games website is just a portal for the new people until they force you to download the ARC client, and then we'll be getting our news from there, well, and it'll, it should I'm be much easier. i the ARC client right now. So ARC. No, don't do it! <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Get a load of this. Get a load of this. I just launched ARC, right? And Star Trek Online is, is the game of my you know, the first game there. And yes, I am at the, at the news portal. Right, where I can select news, forum, guys, right? That's not convenient for me during the show. I will just say that, okay? Art, okay, perfect world. It's not convenient for me when I'm doing this show. This Great. show. Great. Their okay? design so goal change. of making podcasters happy, total failure. It oh. is. It is a 100% <laughs> failure. Oh, a knife to the heart. Here's the second thing. 
The Adobe Flash Player or an HTML5 supported browser is required for video playback. Get the latest Flash Player. Learn more about upgrading to an HTML5 browser so their own ARC thing doesn't even play their own videos. What the deuce? So why so Cookie, why why don't why don't you like the the ARC website? I guess because I don't understand it and it took me to a video. I, I don't know what this video is. I haven't watched it yet, but I have a feeling I'm not going to want to watch it every time. So. Right. You're not going to want to watch it any time. You don't want to be sold. It's not for you. It's for people that don't know squat about Star Trek Online and are curious about it and they want to click on stuff. No, because they get this epic video. And at the end of the epic video, a link will magically appear that says go to the Star Trek Online website. But you don't have time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. So you're not going to, you're not going to, you'll, you want to skip to the good part, the part that you want. But there's nothing there because they have an experience that they want you to, to go through. Where's the spot where you can download Star Trek Online? That's the ARC. Well, captains, um, enjoy the experience uh, through ARC Portal. Um, that's all we have to say about that. Captains, from time to time, we like to broaden our outlook on Star Trek Online and look to the greater world of MMOs for new innovations and features that other games might enjoy. And we talk about how that might possibly be incorporated into our Star Trek Online universe. In his January 7th column on MMORPG.com, MMO veteran developer Matt Miller talks about how MMOs are truly a one-stop shop for our imagination. In the article, Miller points out that MMOs are an environment that feeds our escapist desires. In the MMO world, we have the opportunity to create our own character, give it its own unique name, and for many of us, construct a backstory for our character. Miller compares your experience in an MMO much like a chef who makes their own meals, using ingredients that only they would enjoy. But some MMOs offer limited customization. Once you create your character, you're in the developer's world, and there's little flexibility other than what faction you decide to join. Miller writes, quote, One thing I'd like to point out is that your imagination likely starves your creation if you find yourself only consuming. So what that means is in an MMO, right? Let's say, for instance, World of Warcraft, right? You create your character, whatever it may be, and then all you do is consume, consume, consume the content. There's very little interaction or development or customization to that content. You're only doing what's given to you. Star Trek Online, for example, and many if not all of Cryptic Studios games, goes a step further and gives players a tool like the Foundry, for instance, to make their own unique stories and their own unique content, and then allows the player, the creator, to share that amongst the community. So this helps players satisfy that desire to create and to add to the world that they participate in. But what if you're not keen to learning the Foundry? Or let's say the Foundry is in forever beta and not often updated. How do you satiate that desire to create and to build on the universe that you participate in? So what do you do? What Do you write? Right? Do you write your own short stories? You're perhaps a an expose and a character backstory in an exposition style format? What about role-playing? Are you part of a role-play fleet, right? Are you the medical officer that has to use certain jargon to help their, uh, their comrades? How do you create in that MMO universe? I, I, am, I am a 
long-suffering foundry author, and uh, during the great content drought of Aut 11 or whatever that was, um, the foundry kept me at Star Trek Online. Um, that's when I made my big series, my uh, my Overture series. It's pretty good. You should check it out. Um, but that kept me in the game uh, when nothing else was going on. So yeah, I, I did. It, the foundry is a tall learning curve, but it's uh, it's a good tool, and yeah, it uh, it helped. You know what, though, I would say, Tony, that one of your other outlets is this podcast. I would say so, but you are because that's what it is for me, right? And when I was playing The Matrix Online, there was no Foundry, right? Barzek goes into detail on this in his first article on PriorityOnePodcast.com, Role Player's Guide to the Galaxy. He mentions that in The Matrix Online, you would be able to walk down an alley and quite possibly bump into Morpheus himself, right? Because they had a live events team that would go into the server and play and role play as these characters from the franchise which was super cool right so that gave players an incentive to write a backstory for their character right how did they take you know who were they before they took the red pill and what are they doing now in the desert of the real so well my my foundry missions are based on role playing characters that my fleet mates put together i mean there i asked permission to write for their characters uh, and put them in my foundry mission. So I mean, they're they're these are creations that my friends made, and then I said, "Can I borrow them?" And they said, "Sure." And so I wrote the mission using their characters. So uh, you know, so that that kind of community-based creativity went a long way. Um, it kept, like I said, that, that was a long year when their Atari was selling them, and uh, they were trying to get Perfect Worlds uh, support underneath them and converting to free to play. Uh, but you know, that the combination of foundry and a community. That was creative kept me in the game, and for me now, you know, this podcast and interacting with the community in, in such a way is what keeps me playing Star Trek Online. Uh, you know, I may, I may, if I, if I, if it wasn't for let's say Priority One podcast, I may actually to stay involved in Star Trek Online, uh, play more Foundry missions. But yeah, I mean, you know, when I when I was playing the Matrix Online, I was cre- I had a huge, I was really big in RP there. Anytime I made a forum post, it was like an incoming transmission from from a, a hovercraft, a Matrix hovercraft. It was I loved it. I really got engrossed into it. I'm a little hesitant to do that kind of stuff with Star Trek because of the jargon, right, and the the Trekno babble. So there needs, you know, there is a, a a barrier to entry, I would think, with with Star Trek a little bit. Um, at least, even I have experienced that. So, captains, we want to hear from you in our second community question this week. How do you add your own story to Star Trek Online? Is it through detailed character descriptions or a character bio? Do you role play? Do you write your own fiction? Foundry, perhaps? Let us know your ideas in the comments section for this episode on PriorityOnePodcast.com or in the Star Trek Online forum post for this episode. And we had a pretty decent patch come through this week. Uh, something that's been kind of uh, one of those annoying bugs that I think, not even a bug maybe, maybe it's a feature, but it's just terribly annoying. Sidekicking, the automatic leveling up and down uh, when you uh, uh, team up with somebody. That will now no longer disconnect with range. As long as you're on the same map, you can stay sidekicked with your buddies. Uh, that's very good. 
Uh, also, the rogue USS Voyager that has uh, it's been caught and it's been assigned to guard duty around Pluto uh, orbit. So uh, that the Voyager won't be making any uh, sudden cameos in your missions anymore. Too bad. There are some new ship materials in now. The ones we talked about in a previous episode. All Starfleet vessels now have access to a revamped version of the Type Five material option, and a bunch of Klingon ships now have access to the Type Three material. A complete list is in the patch notes, but remember, if the material option isn't available, you may need to discharge your qualified ship and then uh, reclaim it. Ships can only be reclaimed if they've been purchased from the sea store, so uh, don't accidentally dismiss your lockbox ships or anything because you won't get those back. The Constellation Saucer is no longer available to be used on heavy cruisers. Looks like that was a little oopsie, and I think we can probably guess that the Constellation ship will be coming in a future lockbox or sea store sale uh, sometime in the future if that asset actually is in the game. If you've already chosen the option, you can keep your Constellation saucer until you do any changes in the ship tailor. So if you like your saucer, you can keep your saucer. The uh, Herogen Dreadnought enemy ships have been altered to better fit the canon Herogen design, probably to match up with the lockbox stuff, and the advanced metaphasic shielding description now tells you that it shares a cooldown with reverse shield polarity. And in the Foundry, they've resolved an issue that was causing a lot of uh, details and assets to be uh, appear as white uh, in the Foundry editor. Those textures are now functioning. Uh, the UI, they've resolved an issue where your dismissed duty officers saved in a loadout will be replaced by a random duty officer in your inventory, so that apparently has uh, been fixed somehow. And they've also resolved an issue that could sometimes cause loadouts to not work correctly when switching from a large ship to a small ship, and vice versa. That wraps up STO News for the week. Let's get briefed on this week's Foundry Officer Report with Chivalry Bean in his review of Collectiveness Strikes Gold by Stouts. Chivalry Bean here with another Foundry Officer Report. I played Collectiveness Strikes Gold by Stouts. I'm here to let you know what I thought. Collectiveness Strikes Gold features lots of explosions, some optional side quests, custom maps, and some tough choices. Ground maps are lush with triggered explosions and other events. It gives a sense of danger and excitement to the mission. In one of the early maps, there were some optional quests that enrich the story and give some depth to the map. Each map feels like a real location with NPCs, triggered events, and effects. A lot of work went into them. At one point, I was given a set of choices, and I knew that what I choose would determine whether someone lived or died. It was a stark moment that is rare in cryptic maps. No one was there to hold my hand. It was an effective, dramatic moment. This mission was part 1 and part 2 is available. Part of the mission that could use some refinement is the end. It felt rushed. Even if I were immediately to start part 2, it just didn't feel paced right. And it stood out since the rest of the mission was paced quite well. Collectiveness Strikes Gold is a fun and engaging mission that I highly recommend. Now let's open hailing frequencies and see what's incoming. Message coming in sir. Hailing frequencies. Open. See, we are getting to know each other. Well, from episode 161, we had a couple of community questions. Have these incentives, the Ferengi ship and the Khan costume, enticed you to download ARC? 
The second one was, how do you want to be surprised and kept on your toes in Star Trek Online? For instance, if exploration missions are to be developed further, how would you like to experience them? What unanticipated variables could be added to something like an STF? Can I start something? Um, first of all, you misinterpreted my editorial. What I was hoping to trigger, the thoughts and the ideas that I was hoping to instill in people were... If let's say you're in an STF, what variables could be injected into them that would keep players on their toes, right? And so, for instance, Orangitis wrote in, for space STFs, the possibility of ally ships to be assimilated, similar to the function that is currently on, in ground combat. For Dyson ground, those wandering bosses could drop unique items at the cost of having a more random rare spawn. So, for instance, that assimilated ship, right? That would significantly change the tactic needed in an STF. Right, and then the person flying that ship would just be sitting there twiddling his thumbs. For a short while, just like they sit there twiddling their thumbs when you get assimilated on the ground. But it's a cool effect, right? All of a sudden, you're, you're, the UI changes to the Borg UI and the Borg interface. That would be actually kind of cool. And then your other teammates are down, not only down a man, but they are also being fired upon with... Federation or Klingon weapon, energy weapons, which they're not really ready for. The problem, the, the, the point of the article was to identify that there, there comes a point in an MMO where you, or in a game, where you learn everything there is to learn, and then everything just becomes repetition. And Steven D'Angelo has recognized that, right? Yeah, it's, it's replayable, not repeatable. Right. So making the STF, for instance, replayable, not just repeatable, but in a sense that will always keep players on their toes. For instance, let's take a look at the, the no-win scenario. Is the closest thing that I can think of. In the no-win scenario, you never know what enemy you're going to face until they finally warp in. Right? That's, that's, the, that's the, mo the bare minimum well, of what I'm talking about. Well, the same way with the Fleet Starbase raids. Same with the Fleet Starbase raids, right? But that's, that's the bare minimum of what I'm talking about here. And what the article tends to suggest, right? But imagine in an STF, for instance, you get assimilated, right? Or the whole team, or one by one, everybody gets assimilated. How much of a pain in the butt that would be? You would need a tactic against that, right? You would need something to keep that from happening and always stay on your toes. And I think that Orangitis' idea of, of having a ship assimilated is fantastic. I think that's outstanding, as Skiffy would say, that it would it, it would really just bring in an element of surprise to that to that. Yeah, a anything that would change up the old old stodgy STFs would be great, as long as it doesn't introduce a new failure condition. I think it would be fine. That and that was that's that's what I was getting at is that people do these things for fun, and the most popular ones are the ones that reward you on that time equals progress line. If I'm going to put in the time, I'm going to get some rewards for it. And we also hear from S Zero Sir. I'm not even going to try with that one. Too many consonants too close together. Thank you guys for continuing to put these out each week as always. Hope Elijah finds that retrovirus soon. Uh, personally, it doesn't matter how many shiny things they waggle. I have no plans going to ARC until they provide some meaningful long-term benefit for me as a customer and player. Building and improving Gateway into the ARC client as part of its feature set would be a huge step forward and would put me a lot closer to that line. That said, what would happen to Steam users? Well, Steam users, nothing's going to happen to you for a while. They're going to have to unsort that mess. But, uh, yeah, I, I, 
We'd love to see more gateway development. We'd love to see uh, more functionality come to ARC, and those two things would seem to go hand in hand. Okay, our next comment is from Azurian Star, and they say, Exploration revamp. I want each place I visit to be different. No rehash like we have with the existing exploration content. That's why I haven't touched it since year one. It's that boring. One world is just an empty dust ball. The next has a civilization that you have to adhere to the prime directive and avoid at all costs. Or perhaps you stumble upon a secret pirate base in some obscure location hidden in a planetary nebula. I hope that they really get the exploration, you know, getting to feel like Trek. And if the last year and a half is any indication as to the direction they're taking the game, then I think exploration and crafting is just going to be even more immersive than anything we could have hoped for. Uh, and so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Plummy G33G writes, I love your show. And something crossed my mind when you mentioned the social area of the game in Star Trek Online. For me, it would be cool if Cryptic could make some new games within STO besides double tables. My idea would be soccer or football. I've come to this idea while I was trying to uh, shoot a balloon from the anniversary through the door. And I must say, it was very fun and funny as heck. So, Plummy, mini games in Star Trek Online would be fantastic. I know one that people have been clamoring for is poker. Fargonaut says Damjot. You know, what about Damjot? But, uh, yeah, these mini-games like this would be really fun to see in Star Trek Online, uh, and I'm sure that it's, it's on somebody's drawing board. Thomas Townley writes in, he says, Number one, already had ARC downloaded separately from the regular launcher, got the freebies, then opened Stowe with the regular launcher. And number two, surprising exploration missions would be awesome. To just fly along and be given an assignment would be a nice change of pace. As long as they're optional, because some people have things to do. Uh, and they'd like the chance to decline it. But, yeah, as long as they're optional, it would be cool to have uh, a mayday, a distress signal, or, a, uh, you know, some weird medical emergency just get thrown at you while you're flying around. Yeah, if they docked you every time you passed up an opportunity, I think that would make people mad. The Grand Nagus says, The best hope STO has of offering people surprises on a regular basis is the Foundry. Because, in theory, it offers an unlimited amount of new content. However, it will never actually realize its potential unless Cryptic devotes the necessary resources into A. Fixing the bugs B. Expanding its features C. Doing the necessary PR to make the player base as a whole aware of its existence and D. Offering rewards people want enough to actually play the missions. The Grand Nagus uh, hits the nail right on the head. I mean, content creation in the player's hands, and there's, an, an, in theory, an unlimited amount of possibilities that you might be able to have. Um, but, you know, I, I think that it's it's not just in the Foundry, but like I, I mentioned earlier, it's it's in the endgame content or missions that are, are designed to be repeated but should be replayable. They need to go back and visit Dan Stahl's idea of an exploration sector where it's hooked up to foundry missions. I mean, there are literally hundreds of good playable missions in the foundry that no one is ever going to find with the broken, kludged-together search mechanism that is the foundry interface right now. Jack Morenzo says, 
Still not enticed by Ark. I would definitely like to see surprises in the exploration missions. I miss the episodes in the original series, TNG, DS9, and Voyager, in which the crew discovered something new. A new life form that may or may not have hostile intent. Anomalies that threaten the ship and her crew. Or even ones where you detect a race using a dangerous substance, i.e. omega particles, and must deal with them accordingly. Sano Skyrat writes, Great show. Really want to change one of my tunes' names to Dr. Hurt. Alright, in response to our first community question, same as most when it comes to ARC, downloaded separately from the regular launcher, Captain Smirk asked people what they wanted to see on Twitter. I replied, the TR-116 rifle, the Khan or Bloodwine emotes, and more lockbox stuff, and more lobi. As for STFs, I found Infected Space Elite okay back in the day, but now I love Cure Space Elite. 399 times out of 400, you get great times on STF channels, and it's just fun. I love the STFs, the best part of the game, and would leave them how they are, but would like to see other reps meet the STFs at the same level. Thank you, Sandal Skyrat. I mean, you know, it, I am a fan of Infected Space Elite, especially when you want to parse. That's a really good one for parsing. A shout out to Logan Omega via Facebook. I've got a question for your scientists since you were talking about black holes this week. What's the fundamental difference between a white hole versus a black hole? There's actually a thing called a white hole. It's a it's a mathematical construct in general relativity. So it, it's, it's a, a lot like a black hole, only in reverse. Matter and light can escape this region of space, but nothing can enter it. So it's like backwards from a black hole. Uh, so it, it's it, I don't think anybody's ever actually spotted one yet, but it's uh, theoretically in the math can't exist. So it's you know yeah, with the black hole stuff goes into it, never comes out again. With a white hole stuff comes out, but can't get back in. Well, we will ask the question of Doctor Hurd and maybe get a follow up. Captains, every week we get new followers, and probably most of them are not contractually obligated to search out uh, social media websites and join them. And so we want to thank everybody who hopped on board of their own accord and joined the Priority One social media train. Be sure to retweet and like us whenever you get the opportunity, and head over to iTunes and give us a comment on our show's iTunes page. While you're there, you can check out Guard Frequency, too. It's a pretty good show. You should check it out. Well, that wraps up episode 162 of Priority One Podcast, recorded live on trekradio.net. Remember, we record Thursday nights live on Trek Radio starting around 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time and 7.30 p.m. Pacific Time. And you can subscribe by pointing your podcast catcher at feeds.priorityonepodcast.com. Captains, you know we love hearing from you. Let us know what you think of the show or submit your response for our community question in the comment section for this episode or on the STO forum post for this episode. Tell us or now call us and leave a message. Just visit priorityonepodcast.com and use our SpeakPipe widget or give us a call at 609-619-0834. Regular calling rates do apply, and it's a long-distance call, so be sure to check your billing. If neither of those work, shoot us an email to incoming at priorityonepodcast.com with a short MP3 file. Stay in touch with us throughout the week by following our social media websites. Head over to facebook.com forward slash priority one podcast and give us a like and participate in our community questions throughout the week. Or check us out on Twitter via at STO Priority One. 
Priority One is brought to you by the generous donations of listeners like you. Please visit PriorityOnePodcast.com to find out how you can help support the show. And again, a special thanks to everyone who has contributed and continues to do so. And don't forget to tune in to Priority One Productions' Guard Frequency Podcast at GuardFrequency.com. You know, I'm not going to be with you all much longer. I've got a short-timer's disease. I, the horizon's getting close. Lights are getting dim. But uh, Guard Frequency, it's a pretty good show. You should check it out. Thanks to the entire team behind Priority One Podcast, including our audio engineer, Skiffy, our foundry reviewer, Shivery Bean, and to this week's community guest host, Cookie Cupcakes. Thanks to our syndication partners, Epic Gamer Radio, Subspace Radio, and Trek Radio. Special thanks to our sponsor, Sayulita.com. Most importantly, a big thanks to you, the Star Trek online community. Without you or your ongoing support, None of this would be possible. Enemy ship on sensors. Shields up. Ready weapons. Engage. My feet are continuously growing too. I love, I love feet. I like, I like to say it all the time. Feet. Each faction will receive three ships, one for each class of character, for a total of nine available ships. Each class of ship comes with its own unique universal console item, and an additional console slot. For its respective no, 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 class. No, no, no. <laughs> what? That's the one. Just... Can we unemphasize the words, please? The... I, I, I know. Wait, I know. but those words were in caps. No, I all know, caps. but it's not. It's all... not. It, not. You know, this is good radio, so folks. I mean, you can't okay. see this at home, but not, it is okay, in all it's... capital letters. All right. So, okay. So, they're now That's italicized. I read it in practice. Okay. okay. So, <laughs> so Elijah, so really, you have to, no one I... to blame but yourself italicize them. So let's see how you read them when they're italicized. <laughs> okay. Italicized means sexy to me. <laughs> Perfect. Let's go with it. Yeah. That... Run with that. Run with All right. that. Let's just, let's, just, let's, let's just go. Go. Each, <laughs> each faction will receive three ships, one for each class of character, for a total of nine available ships. Each class of ships comes with its own unique universal console item, an additional console slot for its respective class. Okay, now you see, it would work right. if you didn't crack Why up. is slot? If, if you didn't crack up. Okay. Why is why? slot? No, no, no. Why is slot, right, right, so why is slot why. emphasized at all? That should not because, be emphasized. Because it's, that's not it, natural. <laughs>
Yeah. This because, is San Antonio's facepalm again. Because there, there, there needs to be a distinction between no, the console that's... item and then the console, the slot, right? Because you can have a console item, and An then you have to put it into the slot. console okay, slot. Okay, okay, okay. Is there a reason that wouldn't come through in normal reading? Uh, it comes with its own unique console item and an additional console slot for its respective class. Or you could say, Wait, you I think what you actually want in there is a comma. Yeah, why don't you just put... Yeah, see, if you do like, this. What happens if I do this? Oh, no. Proper no, 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 no. You, uh, uh, I, you I are hereby banned that. from all uses of uh, <laughs> underlinings and bolds and all that kind of underlinings stuff. Underlinings, no, 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 like... No, 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 no. Uh, no, see, see, this, this is, I figured it out. This is, is his way of getting out of doing show notes from now on. This is, this is. Oh, I see what you see, did there. Do you see? Yeah. Do you see? Yeah. See? Doesn't that make much more sense? Punctuation. 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 The other P one. Is important. Yes. There you go. Uh, Skiffy, are we green? <laughs> are we green? Super <laughs> green. <laughs> oh my god, please put that in the bloopers. Please. He's not recording it. Yeah, we are. Oh, man. In, the, in Teams. What? In Teams, we're <laughs> recording. Are you serious? <laughs> Super green. No. Oh, yeah, no. with everybody talking. Super the Universal Console Item. An additional console slot. Come on, 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 <laughs> All right, I am ready I to move forward. Are you guys ready? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, I'm bringing us back in in three, two. <laughs> Commercial! Commercial! <laughs> I don't know. The guy suggested that we use dangerous. We hunt people. With Never mind. The moment's gone. The moment's gone. It's over. It's over. It's done. I'm sorry. It's all, it's all gone. Here, here's an idea. Tell me an idea. When you tell a story, have, have a point. point. It, it makes, makes it so, so much more interesting, interesting for the listener. listener. <laughs> the fact of the matter is, is this cookie was reading and I was responding to it. And the two of you were off doing other things and not listening to me. So don't turn around and blame sorry, this on me. <laughs> oh, man. Captains, I invite you to visit PriorityOnePodcast.com right now, please. And take a look at our new... Uh, image for the top of the website and let me know what you think. Oh, is, that's so you're what doing you were work. doing work. That's what you were doing. It, it's telling me I have to go through the ARC portal? <laughs> yeah, you have to go to the ARC portal to get to our website. It wants me to install Real Player 7. <laughs> <laughs> old school joke. Cube. Nicely done. Oh, it's a cute little Bork cube. Doctor Hurt, the doctor is in. Uh. Why is it that when I Google white hole and then look for images... <laughs> oh, yeah, that was so dirty, you guys. I don't know. I'm still not finish. convinced of that. Uh, Let me finish. When I Google I'm white in. hole and I look for image, I see a lot of bread. <laughs> bread. I'm it's because there's no donut holes thing. in the recording. But place. at the same token, thing. why am I seeing a bunch of pictures for whole wheat flour and Wonder Bread? <laughs> Because it, it thinks you're misspelling whole, W-H-O. <laughs> that's, why, that's why it thinks it's, it's, it's like, this guy clearly doesn't speak English. I don't know if English may not be his first language. He's a, he's a bread aficionado. But he does not know how to spell with a whole, with a wh in the front of it. 
Elijah needs to brainificate some more. Brainificate it, Jace. Jace.